Hey guys, welcome back to the Swish Waterlad podcast and what will probably be the last preview show of the year. And after last week's tips, it's fair to say that we guys owe you one and we'll be looking to go out on a good note, won't we, Surly? It was a terrible round from me and you. Yeah, look, it was, it was certainly tough. Things didn't go our way. The old Maggi two-minute noodles have been copping a hiding. The old white bread, it's been a tough week at the household, but I have a good feeling about this weekend. Some You can't be on every week, you know. Sometimes you need to bring things back, let the bookies have a few yeah. wins, and then come back hard. Mate, you're spot on. But, mate, it was anyone who picked the round last week, fair play to you because... It just goes to show you how crazy rugby is, eh? Like, every team in those big four test matches turned their result around and got on the right end of the result. So it was pretty crazy to see that. Yeah, I think it just shows how tight it all is at the moment. And on their day, anyone can win. So if you'd multied those up, she would have been a pretty handsome return. You're probably in the old Lamborghini this <laughs> week, loving life. But, yeah. Yeah, and, and Tom, to be fair, he did pick a few of those um, upsets that we sort of sniggered it at the time. But... Um, unfortunately he couldn't be here this week to rub it in because he is on parental leave he did have a child a few nights ago so he's battling a wee bit but means I get another nephew and he is an absolute lad as well so um, well done to Tommy not only for his tips but for bringing another boy or lad into this world so good stuff but as always this episode is brought to you by Swish Um, very grateful for these guys bringing you this podcast and unless it is your first time listening to What A Lad Ever, you probably will know what it's all about. You can get a video shout-out from one of your favourite sports stars, myself or Surly included. Jeez, uh, we've been popular of late, so thanks for um, getting all these requests into us. And remember, you can get $15 off by using the code WHATALAD and 70% of the proceeds do go to Kiwi's Kids Charity. So it is all good stuff. So go get amongst that. But... Like we mentioned, crazy round last week, um, starting with the All Black game. What did you make of this one, Surly? Oh, man. Well, it was a massive result for the Irish first half, but this game just had a bit of everything, didn't it? Four Sinbins in the first half, the old Artie drama, everything around the Angus Tarval Sinbining, Sexton and the Irish putting on a clinic, and I think in the end, how good they played was probably overshadowed by everything else that went on, and then I also thought the All Blacks probably weren't as bad as a lot of people think considering the circumstances but a a strong performance from the Irish and I thought they deserved the win they were physical their D was great and I just thought yeah that line speed that they brought was just massive so yeah it is a shame the main talking points more around some of the calls that were made but I think Ireland were really good and it sets it up for an exciting weekend. Oh does it what and you we mentioned the referees last week uh, how good they've been but Mate, there's a lot of controversy this weekend with the referee, Big Yucko, in the hot seat. A lot of calls, I think, quite controversial, especially the Leicester one, especially how he says if he keeps his hands up in the air, it would have been okay. You can't go into a contact with someone with your hands still in the air. It seems ridiculous. And obviously the Ta'avau one, which has come under a lot of heat, um, these accidental head-on-head collisions, I was, I was surprised to see him get three weeks. I mean, the red card, I understood. That is sort of the rules at the moment. And he did sort of accelerate into that contact in a bad body position. But, I mean, obviously no one goes in there to get a head-on-head collision. You'd be mad. He he came out obviously worse for wear. He was split, concussed, and a red card. And now he cops three weeks. What do you make of the three weeks? 
Yeah, it's pretty harsh. I think he got more than the Aussie bloke did for the intentional headbutt. Yeah. So I think it's a pretty tough rule. They were they said it was going to be six weeks, but he's got it down to three, and he can get it down to two if he does a safe tackling course <laughs> or something like that. It's all a bit chaos. Eh? you got an all-black taking an online course on how to tackle, but yeah, I don't know, man. Like, if you watch... State of Origin was a great example. Like, if, if any of those shots were in rugby, they'd probably get a life ban. I think there needs to be a bit of middle ground and a bit of common sense applied here. But, yeah, I thought that Angus Tarval one was harsh. And then, like you said, the Leicester one, it's a natural reaction when you're going into contact that you're going to lower your arms. Like, who goes in, hands up, into contact? So I think that was also harsh. But at the end of the day, the decisions were made and... Yeah, it kind of did kill the game a little bit because that's all that's been in the media this week. I think it could be an idea to potentially for these accidental um, incidences to have this 20-minute red card. If the I know the Northern Hemisphere weren't keen on this 20-minute red card, but I feel like if we want to punish these accidental um, collisions, this is a perfect chance to bring in that 20-minute red card. So it might have to be a different colour, maybe an orange, but I think... A red card for the whole game, anything which is like intentional, deliberate, grubbery pretty much, punches, headbutts, that sort of stuff, that needs to go out of the game. No one wants that in the game anyway. So um, that's the guys who get sent off for the whole game. But I think if it's an accidental one and you want to severely punish these guys, give them that 20-minute one, let them be replaced after the 20-minute. Thoughts? Yeah, I'd I'd fully agree. Obviously, if guys are going out of their way to play dirty and and bring a bit of foul play, then they deserve to sit out the rest of the game. But Mm. yeah, I'd love to see that 20 minute car brought in. And to be fair, I fully forgot that it wasn't. You know, we're so used to seeing it now in Super Rugby and whatnot that I was like, oh, that's sweet. We'll get someone back. And that wasn't the case. And it has a massive effect on the game. So I'm a big fan of the 20 minute card. And Geez, not having Artie out there on that field really did hurt us. That was another thing that probably cost us the game as well. Yeah, very interesting decision to take Artie off. Honestly, like he's one of the best players in the planet. You're not taking him off, surely. Once Dalton was off, I just expected the next person to be a winger. So either Leicester or Sevu to come off once the once they needed to bring that prop back on. But you're not taking Artie off. No, God, no. And there was just moments in that game where you're just sitting on the couch just wishing you had him on the field, which I think highlights <laughs> yeah. the importance. But I think this weekend he's going to be in for a huge one because he wasn't happy to be going off the field as well. And you could probably imagine that he was just sitting on the sideline just frustrated as anything. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a tough watch. And, yeah, Artie's definitely not the bloke I would have taken off, but it is what it is. And we paid the price now. I bet they won't make that same mistake again. Yeah, he's going to be fresh this weekend and ready to go. But are we? everyone's been pretty critical of this all-black performance. And, like, to be honest, that first half, I thought they were really impressive. To only be down 7-10 at Oranges, I thought that was an unreal effort. Um, under the circumstances, like you mentioned, some yellow cards. They're playing with 13 men for most of it. And even with a red card, it's crazy to think that everyone's expectation of this all-black side is to still beat this world-class Irish side, even when they're down to 14 men. Yeah, I think as fans in New Zealand as well, we're so critical of the All Blacks. Like You've seen it ever since they lost. I think we often underestimate the opposition and don't quite 
quite give them the credit. Like they're second in the world if you look at the rankings at the moment. So I think, yeah, 10-7 down at half time, considering the possession and just how dominant the Irish looked in patches. I thought that was great. And then in the second half, the Irish probably stepped it up. But even still then, the All Blacks, they certainly didn't give up. So I think people just need to factor in how much of a quality side this Irish team is. Yeah, there was a fair few unforced errors from the All Blacks, especially when they were trying to chase that game, which you don't really see. Um, you still usually expect them to get you know that momentum back at some point, but so many unforced errors, which I'm guessing is why people are pretty critical of that performance. But there was a few guys from that Irish side who really stood out for me. Um, Johnny Sexton, man, this guy is world class. Um, we saw what impact it had on the side last weekend when he came off for the HIA, managed to play the whole game this weekend, and man, he is so good at squaring up defenders and making the right decision on that ball playing. He is world class, and he ended up picking up lad of the week. What did you make of his performance? Yeah, I think he's, what, just turned 37, and he looks unreal as footy. Yeah. A lot of people just think that he's just got a kicking game, but like you mentioned, his passing game and the way he just reads the game is second to none really and when he's able with time with ball in hand he's extremely dangerous so I'm sure the All Blacks will be looking to kind of cut down that time they spoke about it last week they weren't able to do it but he really is the key to the Irish win Mm, 100% and another person who impressed me Jamison Gibson Park He's so quick to this breakdown, eh? and he's making really good decisions. He's always reading the game as he's approaching those rucks, getting there so quick and getting that ball away. I thought Foresight Bar might suit his game, and um, I was definitely on the money there because he was impressive. Yeah, you called it, and it just seemed at times there the All Blacks were just backpedalling for so long on defence, and like the Irish four-pack copped a lot of it in terms of they were the ones getting the recognition, but I think Gibson Park needs to the old tip of the hat because he was giving lightning quick ball, and when you're getting on the front foot like that, it's almost... There's nothing you can do about it to stop it. So a big shift from him. Yeah, and Pete Omani, he was into everything. Absolute workhorse. Even jumped on the bandwagon of the keyboard warriors giving big Sam Kane a spray. What do you make of that? Yeah, I think I saw Sam Kane in the media say that it's all just good chat. Maybe o- Omani had read that article from the Northern Hemisphere <laughs> Journal and thought it had a bit of sting to it. Started ribbing him, but I'm all for it on the field, eh? A yeah. bit of sledging. It seems like after the game they shake hands and they kind of just leave it there. But looking forward to seeing what Kane brings out this week. Hopefully he's been cooking something up, a bit of a retaliation for this week. Maybe gone deep into his history, something that'll hurt him. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll see what, what comes this weekend when they go at it again. Yeah, I thought Sam Kane was good on the weekend. I know he's still copping a fair amount, but man, he was into everything. He was hitting stuff so hard and um, his defensive effort was massive. Yeah, I think he's one of those players like, you know how Sky used to do those cameras where you can just tune in on the one player? I think yeah. that's almost what it takes for people to realise how much work he gets through in a game. A lot of people say they don't notice him, but that's because he's doing all the stuff that hardly anyone else wants to do. So I thought he was strong and definitely gave it everything. Yeah, well, geez, it certainly has set up a massive decider, and not just in this game, in all the games. And another one of those second tests was Aussie versus England, 25-17 to England. What would you make of this one? 
Yeah, it was an interesting game. I thought England for the first kind of 35 minutes right until right before half time, really dominated. And then I thought Aussie were probably the better side in the second half, but I thought Owen Farrell just controlled the game so well and made it hard for them to get in the right positions to score points. And then old Farrell, 20 points off the boot, he was definitely locked in. But it's not often that the winning side, their first try comes in the first five minutes and that's the only one they score. So it was a strong performance from the English though and it sets up a heck of a game three over there at the SCG. I'd say she'll be packed and there'll be plenty of spirit in this one. Yeah, mate, it's interesting comparing the styles between the Northern Hemisphere and Southern Hemisphere. Not many Southern Hemisphere teams like to build this um, scoreboard pressure like England did, just taking the threes, racking up the points. And in the end of the day, that's what won them the game. Like you said, Farrell controlled this game really well and just applied the scoreboard pressure by taking the threes and it was ended up mounting to be too much for this Aussie side, even though they did score two to one tries. So um, I feel like the Southern Hemisphere teams at the moment probably under underestimate the power of a penalty and going up in threes, but... Um, everyone likes to go for likes to back themselves, and um, I mean it's it's probably better to watch watching these tries. But there is an element in Test match footy where there's a time to start taking these three points. Yeah, for sure, it can set you up to either win or lose the game. I think we also saw it in the Irish Maldi game during the week. You know, Ireland taking the three points, the Maldis preferring to play the old razzle dazzle and roll the dice, and it's great if it pulls off, but then. Often it doesn't, and you're left after the game saying, oh, if only we'd taken the threes. So. <laughs> yeah, and there's another moment in that Aussie game, which is a rule which is really breaking me at the moment. It's the intercept attempt, which doesn't come off, which becomes a yellow card, and it really breaks me. It's going to be my spray of the day because an intercept is a beautiful part of the game, and there's nothing quite like seeing you know, a player run the length off an intercept. It is it is one of those moments which gets you out of your seat as a fan. So I don't think we should be taking the intercept out of the game. And as I understood the law, I felt it was only deliberate slapdowns which um, are the ones which are getting penalised in the cards. And what I've seen from that Parisi one and Sean Stevenson on Tuesday night, these guys are taking genuine attempts to get an intercept. Stevenson was centimetres away from regathering his one and running the length which would have been a massive moment for the Maldives but um, it's definitely a grey area in the rulings at the moment and something that needs to be sorted out because um, it is like I said intercept is a great part of the game and I think it should almost be encouraged but obviously the slap down it's a different play that's that's negative but to go for the play go for the big one I think if it doesn't come off it's just a scrum let's just let's just play that if it is a slap down then deserves the penalty yellow card thoughts yeah, fully agree, and I think just to highlight that grey area, with the Stevenson one, we had the touchy there, yeah. trying to justify that he was actually trying to go for the ball and almost pulled it yeah. off, so I think even the officials aren't quite sure, and it's yeah, it's an interesting one. I love a good intercept for sure, nothing better than seeing someone just pull off that, pull it off and then pin their ears back and try go the length, and it adds some excitement to the game, and I think it's pretty clear when a guy's whacking it down or having a genuine crack, so yeah, I definitely think it's something they need to work on and and kind of get some clarification around because moments like that they can really turn a game it could be seven points for the guy that pulls off the intercept or you can be in the bin so it's turned into a really high risk play is it what so no doubt world rugby will be in touch after listening to this the (laughs) next game was south africa versus wales huge kick on almost full time from the great clutch kicker chicken gareth 
Anscombe to win this one. What'd you make of this game? Yeah, like a heck of a nudge. What last minute pulls it off from the sideline, and that was the only try scored in the game as well. I thought it was a pretty boring game for a neutral fan, to be fair. The intensity was kind of there, but lots of errors and kind of poor execution from both sides. But I was really happy to see Wales get the win and a bit of a historic weekend for the Northern Hemisphere. Ireland and Wales both getting their first wins against these two sides away from home. So, yeah, great win for Wales. Probably not a game that many will remember for the quality but more so for the result and a heck of a nudge from Anscom. He's got ice in his veins for sure and you've got to be happy for him considering everything he's been through. Mm. Yeah, it's been a massive turnaround from those Northern Hemisphere teams to um, turn some of these results around, Wales included. And even the next game, Scotland absolutely smashing Argentina 29-6. Definitely didn't see this one coming. No, I thought the Argies were going to be too strong, especially after that first test where they were pretty dominant and mm. it still didn't look like they were playing their best footy. But I thought that Scottish loose forward trio really set them up for the win. They had a day at the breakdown. They were causing havoc and then combined for a couple meat pies as well. But another unreal decider coming up this weekend. It's certainly exciting stuff. And like we mentioned earlier, it just goes to show you never know who's going to get up. It really just depends who comes up on the day. It shows you this World Cup is going to be mad. eh? It's going to be so hard to win this next Rugby World Cup with like eight to ten teams can beat anyone on their day. So once it gets to quarterfinal time, it's going to be nervous times. Yeah, I was looking through some of the pools during the week and you often think <laughs> yeah, that the top same. two are pretty pretty well decided, but there's a third or a fourth team in almost every pool that you wouldn't be surprised if they pulled off an upset. So I can't wait for that for sure. Yeah, and I see that Japan is like the second seed in their pool, which, you know, you sort of forget that they made the quarterfinals last year, but... Very encouraging performance from Japan too. That's the only series which hasn't gone into a decider this weekend, but only losing to France 2015, pretty good result for Japan. Yeah, I got sent through a few multis that got ruined on the old French 13 plus, so there'll be some angry punters out there. But yeah, massive turnaround from Japan after getting absolutely dominated in that first test. So that's positive signs as well, and I'm sure they'll take plenty of confidence from that. Another game, we got wrong. Aussie A beating Fiji 32-18. Disappointing from the Fijians here. Yeah, I thought they were so impressive the week before against Tonga, but then probably a step up in opposition, and I thought Aussie A looked a whole lot better than they did the week before. But yeah, disappointing from Fiji at home to put out a performance like that, and hopefully they can bounce back because there's nothing better than when they're on watching them play footy. But yeah, that was a tough day for them. Yeah, that's going to be one thing for them eh, as their consistency. Like They can obviously turn it on when they do, but the ability to consistently turn it on has been very difficult for them. And we saw that with the Drewer um, throughout the Super Rugby season. So um, consistency in some of these guys' performances, but it's sort of the way they play as well. They're so razzle-dazzle, so loose. So um, it's going to be very hard to have consistency in their game. They're not like a South Africa who... You know, so structured and set everything up for a box kick. You know what you're going to get. With this Fijian side, you've got no idea what you're going to get. Yeah, if you roll the dice, you're not always going to get the bounce of the ball, are you? But it would be good to kind of see their worst performances come up a level so that they can still kind of contend with these sides and then maybe switch momentum and get more of a bit of a rub of the green. But at the moment, you can just tell in the first 10 minutes whether they're going to be in the game or not. So it's definitely something they need to address.
Yeah, and the last game was Samoa versus Tonga. Samoa being too strong. I think this was the only one we tipped. Uh, terrible round on the picks. I oh, know, and um, France, Japan, but... Mate, really tough round on the tips, but thankfully Samoa got the job done against Tonga. What'd you make of it? Yeah, geez, never been more thankful to see a Samoan win, to be fair, because, <laughs> geez, she was almost a really depressing round. But I think, again, that Samoan four pack just showed up. Ray Nuia, the hooker with a hat trick of old left nut bullies. So <laughs> a big shift from him and just a good win from them. Hopefully they can go the tournament unbeaten. That would be huge fizz, and they're another side, man. On their day, come World Cup time, if they get a few more big names added to the mix, you wouldn't want to play them. They're physical, they've got X-Factor and strike power all over the park, and on their day, they could beat anyone. Mm, And really good matchup against Fiji this weekend, which is going to be a juicy watch, but we'll get to that as we go to the preview, which we will now because... Massive weekend of footy like we've already spoken about. Uh, Game to start. Let's start with the big one. Ireland versus All Blacks. What are you picking? Oh man, like this one really does have it all. Obviously the media's piling on. People are calling for Foster to go. The All Blacks are hearing it all. Um, So it's going to be a massive game. And you'd have to think the Irish will head into this one really confident. So... I expect it's going to be really close. I do think the All Blacks will win, and I rate the changes that they've made. I think Harvilli back in at 12 will be huge for us, and I'm excited to see how he plays. But yeah, you'd have to think All Blacks 1-12. to Hopefully the game's not decided by the officiating, although our mate Wayne Barnes is in the middle, so that's a good sign. He's really in good form at the moment. And uh, yeah, hopefully old Wayne doesn't have a big say. I don't think he will. And the crowd will be treated to a good game. And hopefully the Wellington weather shows up as well because it could be horrible down there. Mate, I'm stoked that Wayne Barnes has got the big one. He's, like we've mentioned, the best referee in the world. So um, gives me a bit more confidence that we're going to get the game of footy that we all deserve in this uh, massive decider. But you mentioned Harvilli, massive game for Harvilli. I'm really looking forward to seeing him step back into that 12 jersey. I think he just adds a little bit more dimensions to his game um, than Tupai. Tupai, obviously, very strong runner, but Davey's got the skill set, the kick pass, and I think the comms that he'll feed into Bodie will just help him out a little bit. Also awesome to see Will Jordan return on the wing. He's just too good not to be in this squad. Like He, he is our genuine game-breaker. He can bend the line, break the line at any point, so... Um, he's got to be in there, whether it's fullback or wing. I'm not too concerned, but awesome to see him back in there. And obviously Whitelock returning, which uh, brings Scott Barrett back to six. And Scott Barrett's been one of the uh, more impressive guys in these first two games in both tests. He's been stealing line-out ball at will, getting stuck into his work. Um, but one of the real impressive performances from him in both tests one and two. Yeah, absolutely, and I just think that physicality that having those three locks in the pack brings, we saw it in that first test, and I thought we really missed it in the second when the Irish pack probably got the better of us, so yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing Barrett back in the six, White lock back in, and hopefully we can match it with the Irish, because I think that's where the game will be won or lost, is in that forward pack, but in saying that, I can't imagine this all-black forward pack going down two weeks in a row, we mentioned guys like Artie and that, they're going to be absolutely fizzing to rip in and prove a point and the niggle goat Dane Coles on the bench geez he's going to be fired up to get back out there and 
Mate, if Omani sprays anyone in front of him, he'll be right on. Yeah, I was, I was just thinking, man, if, if old Sam Kane thought he copped it, the Irish are in for a real earful from Colsey. <laughs> so looking forward to seeing what he brings in front of his home crowd. That's where he does his best work. So could be all go. Oh, be one of the great player cams if Sky want to get hold of that. <laughs> and the next game, the big one as well over there, Aussie versus England, like you mentioned. Uh, it's going to be a huge turnout over there. What are you picking here? I find this one a real hard game to predict. Yeah, I find this one hard as well. I think the Aussies are battling a bit with injuries, and I think the English will be really confident after getting that win on the weekend. Old Eddie Jones, once he gets his fizz levels up, geez, he he can be a bit of a mastermind, eh? And guys like Farrell and that, they're confidence players, and the shift he put in last week, he'll be feeling on top of the world. I think the Aussies might get them. I just thought that they looked slightly better in that second half, and I don't expect them to get as dominated in the first 40, but... Geez, it could be a real coin flip. I'll go with the Wallabies 1-12, to 12, but I'm not confident in it. Yeah, I'm not confident either way. I know Tom's confident. He's sent through his tips because I know a lot of you listeners love the man who can predict the future. He's he's even called this a left-nut bully game. He thinks the All Blacks will win, left-nut bully. Oh. England will win, left-nut bully. And South Africa will win, left-nut bully. So multi those three up if you like, if you're a fan of Tojo's tips because... Um, he's certainly more confident than than I am. I literally could see this game go either way. I'll be probably playing it draw halftime full time and um, hope it's as close as I think. Yeah, that's not a bad shout, and it's got me nervous now because I think I've gone with South Africa in the next one as well. And of course, Tojo, he's got the hot <laughs> hand, and I'm really battling after last week, so it might be a late change. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll get to that next one: South Africa versus Wales. You predicting South Africa to bounce back? I've actually got Wales to uh, steal it here and and wrap up the series. I think the confidence that they'll take from that last game will be huge. So again, going against Tojo, the nerves are high, but I just think a bit of a historic win for them. And I'm just not that impressed with South Africa at the moment, eh? There's just something that's not quite firing. I think when you look at those world rankings and you see them in three, I think that's probably the only one that I would debate with at the moment. I think they should be a little bit further down and... Just the fact that they're losing games at home, which is normally their fortress, has me a bit nervous for them. But I think Wales might get them. Huge. I didn't see that one coming. Didn't expect that from you. Um, You're usually hard up the Southern Hemisphere team. So to see you predicting um, Wales to upset the South African side is massive. And what I I mean, obviously, South Africa made 14 changes last weekend to their starting lineup. So Mm. um, huge turnover of players. So they've obviously got pretty decent depth to be able to do that but I think this weekend we don't know the lineups as time of this recording but I'd imagine they'll be playing their strongest lineup again and I think they'll be too good they know their game pretty well and I think it'll be a tight one but South Africa 1-12 to for me and this next game probably even the hardest out of the lot I haven't watched too many of these games but Argentina versus Scotland um, going from the results looks like it's a lottery what are you picking? Yeah, this is one where you just really want to sit on the fence. eh? It's a tough one. You could argue to go either way, obviously, but due to the results as well. And you never know with Argentina. They're such a passionate side. If it's their day, then they could definitely get the win. But Scotland was so dominant last weekend in that second 40 that you're probably more inclined to go that way. So, look, gun to the head if I had to. I'd probably just go with Scotland based off last weekend. But... 
Yeah, probably one I'll be leaving out of my multi. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You can tell we've uh, completely lost our confidence on the tips, <sighs> on the fence, calling draws, <laughs> not wanting to pick a team. Oh, the boys are rattled. <laughs> yeah, like summer can't come soon enough for the lads. I think we need to put the feed up and go back to the drawing board. I think maybe Super Rugby's the specialty. This international stuff, she's all over the show at the moment. Oh, it's tough work. But I, I'll be leaning towards Argentina in this but um, like you I'm, I'm not confident and I would be leaving that out of my multi but the next game the one we sort of mentioned about earlier Fiji versus Samoa massive game in this competition uh, what are you picking here? Yeah I think it's going to be really tight and hopefully we see a much improved performance from the Fijians I'd probably have to go with Samoa just because I think that they're probably the most consistent of the two sides um, but Geez, again, Fiji, if it's their day, they could really turn it on. So they're either rocks or diamonds. So again, a tough one, but I'll go Samoa 1 to 12, but you'll know in the first 10 minutes. Yeah, it's going to be tough. I'm going to lean towards Fiji. Again, I felt like they rotated their squad pretty heavily again last weekend. So I think they're probably expecting a big one here. So um, yeah, I'm going to lean towards Fiji, but oh, no confidence. My confidence is shot. For sure. And the last one, Tonga versus Aussie A. I'm pr- predicting, I'm pretty confident on this one. I think Aussie A will be way too good. Thoughts? Yeah, way to finish with a, with a bit of a bang here. I'll go with you on Aussie A. It sounds like we haven't agreed on much of these here. So let's finish with one we both agree on. I think they'll be too good. Maybe in that 13 plus range as well. I just think their forward pack could be way too strong for Tonga. Yeah, and for those who like the Tojo Tipsters, tips. Here we go. We've got. He's gone fifty-fifty in the Argentina, but he's predicting Argentina by a pube. Also Samoa to beat uh, Fiji by a pube. So a couple of close ones from the man who predicts the future. And in this last game, Aussie versus Tonga, he's gone. Hodgie seems to be a curse. So if he's playing, Tonga will win. If not. Aussie A will win. So he has gone, completely changed his tune around Hodgie. He's had enough. So if Hodgie's playing, get on Tonga at odds. Huge call. Yeah, look, tough for Hodgie. And if he's listening, that could be a huge blow to his confidence. So I see what he's done there. You know, he's gone with the Tongans if Hodgie is listening and playing. He's got a bit of a low blow in there, but... Yeah, listen to Tojo at the moment. He's the informed tipster and disregard everything I've just said. (laughs) And just to finish, lad of the week predictions. Who are we going this week? We all went All Blacks last week. Ended up being three Irish guys. So uh, what are you predicting? I think Artie this week. Just the fact that he's been sitting there on the sideline just stewing. He'll be fired up back at home in Wellington where he does his best work and look there's nothing more frightening in world rugby than an Adi Savia with a bit of a chip on his shoulder so I think he's going to have a massive day and if the All Blacks get the win I think it'll just highlight his importance even more so people could be partial to chuck his name in there. Mate, we like you said, we haven't agreed on much, but I cannot believe we are agreeing on lad of the week. I also think it's going to be Artie. I think his influence is going to be massive on this game. And uh, yeah, you've you've spoken about it back at home. He won't be on the bench this week, and he'll be into it. Leg drive, everything will be exactly what we expect from Artie. So, mate, I yeah, if maybe we could make this an option at the TAB. Oh. 
Artie Savir to be lad of the week. It could be could be a fair bit of match fixing involved, so it will probably get denied, but um, it would be a good option. Yeah, huge. Maybe tied up with a cheeky little meat pie out on that edge, just running a muck. Yeah, there we go. Artie to score, All Blacks to win one to twelve, and um, that's probably. It. I see the point start is negative twelve for the All Blacks, so um, pretty decent point start. I would have expected it to be a little bit closer. So if you do like the Irish, that's not a bad way to play in this game. Yeah, and I, I think. That negative 12 is probably a little bit too much. I would have liked to have seen it around the old seven and a half mark, but it just goes to show how confident that New Zealand fans are that this team will bounce back. It's not often we lose twice, especially at home. So, yeah, obviously everyone's pouring money in on the All Blacks, but I think there'll be some Irish supporters that are predicting big things and hoping to make some more big money like they did last weekend. 100% so it's definitely going to be an interesting game so uh, thanks for listening guys hopefully you enjoy this round of footy which is going to be absolutely sensational and cheers again as always Surly, for giving up your insight I think you're due a few wins this weekend so if I was listening I'd be molting up Surly's picks I think he's in for a big weekend yeah definitely overdue hopefully the tide turns and the results go my way although hearing your guys predictions She's made me slightly nervous for some of those, so we'll see how she plays out. Oh, you're a lad. Appreciate it. Cheers, horse.